Welcome to the Slant and Go in world famous Paul and Eddie's Bar and Grill, minus the grill, in Cupertino, California. Check us out at the Slant and Go online, the interwebs, twitter.com slash the Slant and Go, the Slant and Go.tumblr.com, and Instagram even, the Slant and Go on Instagram. We like football and we like beer. My intro is interrupted by a Jaeger bomb request. Which happens at world famous Paul and Eddie's? Wait, Jaeger what, are we doing here? what are we doing here? What is this thing that we're doing? Oh, we're doing a podcast right now. What's the podcast about? It's about football, fantasy yeah. football, sports in general, kind of sometimes. And, you know, life. You gotta name one Niners player who went to Clemson before we could start. Oh, yeah. He was a national champion. They were national champions in 1981. Yeah. So. Oh, Dwight Clark. Dwight Clark. Yes, there you, there you go. Well done. See, I knew he'd know. I knew he'd know. So the, the reason the reason I know the Dwight Clark thing yeah. is actually a great story. Okay. I heard that um, the way Bill Walsh found Dwight Clark yeah. was that he was going to scout a quarterback at Clemson at the time. Oh, and okay. the quarterback was like, hey, I've got some recruits coming to scout me. I need receivers to throw to. Yeah, and right, all the right. other receivers, or most of them, had already left to like go home for break or something. Mm-hmm. And so he calls Dwight Clark and his on, to his, calls his dorm room, and Dwight Clark is got his bags packed. He's walking to the door. Oh wow! And hears the phone ring and goes, "I'm about to leave. Yeah. I don't know. Do I do it? Whatever." There were no uh, cell phones in 1981. No, no, so it, it was like it was the dorm room. Dorm room phone. or nothing, right? Yeah. Or or a messenger pigeon was gonna come try and find him somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And so he's like, "Oh, whatever. I'll answer the phone." Uh-huh. He answers the phone and it's the said quarterback. He climbs in. He goes, "Hey, I really need you to come catch catch some passes for me." There's some scouts that are going to be there. Yeah, yeah. I really, I need you. Book and he goes, yeah. he goes, all right, sure, I'll work out for you. <laughs> and That's amazing. He, and he ends up having uh, whatever 13 something year career out of it and being That's amazing. Who, who player. was the quarterback? Do you know? I don't even remember his name. Yeah, see. Let's get <laughs> Bill Walsh is counting the quarterback and goes, whoever this receiver is, I mean, they list him as a tight end slash receiver. He's yeah. He's making these great. He's got these great hands. Was he kind of a crossover guy? Like a I, tight I, th- end guy? I think they, I think they listed him as both. Yeah. I think at that time he was going to be drafted so low yeah. that they listed him as both just to try and up his stock. Oh, I see. Right, I think right. most of all he was a receiver. Guy. Yeah. Huh. But um, they probably listed him as both. And How so. How tall was he? He was a pretty tall. tall guy, he was tall. Right? Yeah. He was tall. I, I, mean, I don't really remember off the top of my head. I want to say he was like a prototype receiver, like size, like yeah, sure. you know, six two range. Um, but yeah, Walsh was just like, yeah, his hands. Yeah. Just, they were just yeah, good, yeah, sure. and his footwear, like he always caught it, like with great body control and stuff. And he's, you know, it just had to be. If you're good at one thing, yeah. Walsh was like, okay, I know you're good at that one thing, and you know, I'll try and put you in that position. Mark Cuban. So Mark Cuban, he made these comments, right? He's like, the, the, the NFL is getting too greedy. They're like piggies or something. What did he say? Hogs. Like hogs. Hungry hogs. Hungry, hungry hippos or something. Hungry, hungry hippos. And. I mean, I understand kind of his point, but, I, you know, you got to take it with a grain of salt, right? Like the guy's an NBA owner. He's criticizing the NFL, who is like the top sport in the, in the country right now. Probably the most, like, highest grossing yeah. sport in the world. Yeah, so it's hard not to take his, um, his like, constructive criticism as, uh, as a bit of jealousy as far yeah. as everything's concerned. And, you know, when the NBA was dominant in the 90s and there were this huge global machine that they were, I mean, the NFL was still popular, but the NBA was winning, like, by far. But that was because they had the, the name brand talent to go, like, yeah, Jordan, and you had a lot of other Hall of Fame talent. 
right? To where the NBA kind of had its run, and then since then, the NFL's just taken over. And I think he's just trying to prognosticate the return of the NBA being on top when really nothing that he said really felt like it had legs to me as far as it's There's really no going to be the downfall the NFL of the NFL. It's going to implode in 10 years. I don't this think is so. not not realistic at all. I think Mark Cuban's kind of blowing it out of proportion. I think he, you know, he, uh, there's the jealousy factor, but he, um, he had some kind of valid points, you know, like he's, yeah. like the greed thing. Like, I think yeah. the, the biggest, the point that he made that I thought was the most valid was, you know, if you extend the NFL into Saturdays yeah. and into, like try and take over every night sure, of the week, sure. the players aren't going to be able to take it. Yeah, that, physically. That, that part I did, I did have to agree with. Um, I forgot that he made that point, but yeah, that, that is valid. And I do agree with that, but he also tried to couple it with like, on on the on the legs of, oh, if you're if fantasy football is what's driving a lot of popularity, then you're gonna you're not gonna sustain. And I think that's that's BS because like really, fantasy football is not going anywhere as far as football is concerned. If anything, well, absolutely, if, it's if, growing. if anything, it's bringing fans. Yeah, to the game. yeah, because yeah, there are people who don't care as much about like they're not they don't have a football team. They don't really care about that, but they care about fantasy. And so yeah, now they watch the games. And that's that's you can have your own argument all about that. Like sure. being that we were both football fans before fantasy blew up, like yeah. we know what side of the fence we're on. But like the fact of the matter is that regardless of what side of the fence you're on, you're still putting money in the NFL's pocket. So Absolutely you're not, right. Yeah, yeah. You're not you're not whether you're some kind of football purist and you don't agree with the fantasy exactly, thing. Exactly, exactly. Whether you don't know anything but kind of the fantasy game, yeah, it doesn't really matter yeah. to the NFL. Right, you're still you're watching their games. You're, you're still like, increasing the revenue, and exactly. they're not going to implode as long as that's happening. You're making bars, buy NFL tickets. Yeah, that you know, that's huge. That alone, that's money in the pocket. So I don't think, I don't know. I think Mark's, his, Mark, like I'm on a first name basis with the guy. Uh, but well, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. <laughs> Mr. Cuban. Has some uh, some good points, but I think it's the whole thing's yeah. overblown. And he was already backpedaling today. There were oh, really? okay. a statement about him going like, "Oh, I didn't expect people to get all up in arms about my uh, comments." <laughs> well, well, well. Oh, really? About, you didn't about the NFL imploding you, in yeah, ten years. You didn't expect to say that an entire like league, an entire like <laughs> pastime for so many people was yeah. going to just implode and, and degrade itself for ten years. But no, I didn't expect people to get mad no, about that. Why would way. they? By the way, quick pause. Uh, Thankful to Paul and Eddie's. Absolutely. And all they do for us here. A uh, couple teams got free agency. Maybe got a little decimated this past few weeks. What's going on? We got to get Ryan over here for this one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ryan, the Bears, what happened? What happened, man? Free agency, the Bears. Jared no, Allen. Jared Allen. Ah. It, it's easy to focus on that now, but what about Hester and Peppers and. <laughs> the long walk of shame. Oh, here he comes. Long right. walk of shame. Here we go. Coming around. Coming, yep. coming around. We're going to talk about the Bears now. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a dramatic pause. All right. Q, Q so is Ryan, the bartender. Q is, is entrance music. Here he comes. Yeah, here he comes. He's the huge there Bears he fan. And the Bears, man, they got, they lost a lot of key players, right? I don't really say Peppers was a key player. He hadn't performed to his ability in the past couple of seasons. So hopefully they get some younger guys. Hopefully, Like Jared Allen. Well, he's not younger, but he's more of like a captain and like performs and has at least tackles in a game. Yeah, I'd rather have Jared Allen than Peppers. Yeah. Sure, sure. I mean, Hester's gone. Ooh, we don't have a kickoff guy. They can find someone else. Yeah, we don't have the best kickoff guy in the history of the NFL. Oh, no. But he hasn't ran anything back for yeah, – 
if kickoff is your niche and yeah. they're, they're obsoleting that, then and, and they already know to like, oh, Hester's back there. Yeah, it was so hard for him to get a real like shot at it anyway. It now with all the rule changes, I don't know when the last time he did it, but I think one of the last times was when uh, Rivera took over for the Panthers. Oh yeah, and Rivera so was like. That was three years ago then. Yeah, and he's like, Hester's not run one back. Oh, yeah, and he took and one like, back. <laughs> he ran one back, you know. I was like, oh, shit. That's know? the last guy I'd want to call out like that. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're not wrong. Yeah, I mean, he might have had, like, one or two, but it wasn't, yeah. like, back. It, it wasn't like it was. Yeah, right. it was, yeah. when they went to the Super Bowl. We could kind of count on it like, every game. Every every game or every other game. I, I remember the one game against the Niners where the trash was blowing around and everything, and he just sat there in the back. He caught it. He looked. He just ran all the well, way Well, I think down. that game they had two, right? I, I Didn't they return the – they returned the – the missed field goal at the end of the first half as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, I was kind of trolling you because you know, Hester never been with a big like factor on offense, right? Peppers. They tried oh, to make man. him a receiver. They, they tried to have, let him have impact, and just, he, it didn't he happen. He never made plays. He's yeah. not a playmaker. Yeah. I mean, they got Brand Marshall. They have Jeffries. Uh, Forte. That's your offense. Well, Forte stays healthy. Yeah. That, that, that's the key. Yeah. I mean, come on. We got color. Franchise, seven more years, huh? Uh, Cutler. Bear down. Bear down. Chicago Bears. Yeah, Bears football. Oh boy. Okay, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> so I saw this coming. I don't know if you did, but I did. We got hot dogs and we got old style over here. We got brats and tater tots. Welcome to episode one of the official Chicago Bears podcast. Yeah, right, right here. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, they, they made some decent moves. If People stay healthy, and uh, their defense, they need to get their defense back, back up. I yeah, mean, agreed. I think Allen's a solid pickup. He has a little bit more in the tank, and he's going to provide leadership, right? Yeah. So I think, um, I the think other they need a new lost. anchor on defense, like a real, yeah, like, your leader like a Urlacher leader type. type. Yeah. That's why I was pissed off. Like, yeah. they didn't sign Urlacher for one more year. Yeah, just, like, just, he didn't have to play the whole game. He, just, dude, just to have that just guy to have in him the locker still? room. Yeah, of course. They would have done so much better just to teach the younger guys. Because they had a couple of rookie linebackers that yep. – Yep. They didn't do shit. Why? Because they totally didn't have any leadership. And Riggs and Peppers, really? Yeah. Leaders? Come on. And he said Sorry, he guys. I love you, but. <laughs> well, he said he didn't want to play anywhere else either, right? So no, that means didn't. you don't have to pay him top dollar. You could have got him for they, a premium. They offered him, like, below league minimum for his uh, tenure. Right. He's like. 13-something really? years. And oh, like, that's yeah. not cool. Not Later, cool. dude. Yeah. Like, I'm all pro. Come on. Yeah. You would have done. They would have done to Ray Lewis. Yeah. He's a murderer. <laughs> Now we're getting somewhere. Oh, here we go. All right. Now we're getting somewhere. Now it starts. I have to go for a drink now. <laughs> okay, all right. For yourself. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the uh, the Panthers also, they lost all four, their four, top four wide receivers in yeah. free agency, leaving yeah. them with four guys on the roster who had never caught an NFL pass in a regular season game. Yeah, and so all, all the while you're trying to build around the number one pick from three years ago who's a quarterback. and Who gets and hurt. Who gets like out for four months. He does get hurt, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So so I don't know what the Panthers are going to do next year. I mean, I think they have to, with their first pick, they have to draft a receiver. Yeah. And with their second pick, they might have to draft one as well. Like, and they got to fix, pick up a veteran in free agency. Yeah, the receiver class yeah. is deep, but you're asking a lot to just have two young kids just step up and step in right away. So, yeah, yeah they do got to pick someone up. Um, but they're not going to have hard problems. They're, they may pick up the best receiver in the draft, but they're not going to have time to build chemistry with Cam. He's going to come in at the end of training camp. But, you know, they, they needed a receiver before losing all those guys, right? Yeah. So, like, yeah, what they really lost more than anything is the luxury you're talking about with 
the grooming process and everything like that. But sometimes that helps too to just like have to throw a guy out there and not take too long grooming because sure, yeah, it can go the other way. Mentality. Yeah, just go. Yeah, you know. And some, you know, once in a while you get lucky and one of those guys will blow up and yeah. have a good good first season. But yeah. you know, receivers usually take a couple years to kind of figure I, out I, the league. Yeah, I, I think that um, they were built through they were built through defense a lot this year and. They wanted to really keep uh, Greg Hardy was a defensive end for them that like really went off, and he was a like priority for them to keep. I still don't think they should have let Steve Smith go because now, yeah, now he ends up in Baltimore and they're gonna play the Panthers this year. Oh, I know. No, and, Steve Smith. And he's, he's not a guy. He's not the, a guy you motivate like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. He's a passion player and he's yeah. gonna come in and yeah. just shred he's their all, defense. Exactly. He knows those guys. He practices against them. Oh my God. Tear them apart. I, I mean, I would start him on my fantasy team that week. I yeah. think he's going to yeah, go yeah, I'll pick yeah. him up just for that week. Yeah. <laughs> on the flip side, who else has free agency uh, helped in the last few weeks? Yeah, I mean, there's been some real interesting stuff going on. The, the good teams seem to have gotten better um, kind of across the board. So, you know, Patriots, Broncos especially, like they had the whole arms race thing going on. Niners and Seahawks, they it's lost people but also got better. Yeah, they tend to – they're still doing their dance with each other with a – one team sign. I, I think in both cases, with all those four teams, it's like if either the Seahawks or the Patriots or the Niners or the Broncos, if any one of those teams signed someone or brought someone in, the uh, like the the other team in that in that scenario would just have to make a move at the same time. And yeah. like the the little like like the uh, the parallel moves were just there the whole time. It's like yeah, it's Seahawks signed it. someone, Niners did, yeah, Broncos yeah. did, Patriots did, Patriots did, Broncos did. Niners did, Seahawks did. It's, it's just kind of like fun. It's fun to watch the Broncos and the Patriots go after, do this because it's so uncharacteristic for those franchises. Yeah. But I think they see the windows kind of closing with their quarterbacks, and so they're like, we have two, maybe three years left with these guys. We gotta put all the people I, around them and try to win one more. I, for whatever reason, I think that the Broncos dictated this arms race more than more than the Patriots did, as far as like really kicking it off. I think yeah. the Patriots are more prone to being like. Yeah, we got Belichick, we got Brady, we'll plug people in and we'll make it work. Yeah. Like they did last year, right? That was kind of their approach. Uh, versus the Broncos who were like, we know we have a short shelf life with Peyton. We know sure, we're, yeah, we're, yeah. we're going all in right now. And and since Elway took over, he's been actually aggressive in, in free agency, obviously. Like yeah. getting Manning, all the moves they made this year. Um, he's just willing to go for it right now. And it's not too surprising having seen him play. He's a, sure. you know, he's a, he's a go for it type of guy. But... When, when the Broncos were making moves first, and I think yeah. that set the Patriots into motion, going like, we gotta stay, we gotta stay afloat, keep up with these guys. Well, they have to have a bad taste in their mouth after the uh, that last game against the Broncos. So yeah, they're yeah. thinking like, what can we do? I mean, they're probably focusing their whole effort on beating the Broncos this coming season, well, you, and it'll help you in the other games. But you gotta get yeah. past that one team. Exactly, it's the same reason that you know you got the Niners and Seahawks battling each other too. Right? Yeah, it's absolutely. like who are we measuring ourselves against? Well, that's our real competition. Yep. Not that there's not other good teams in the NFC. No, but between uh, but, in the NFC, it's but that's where it is. Field advantage it's is going to determine that, that outcome. That's the closer, right? Yep. And for those two teams in particular, where it's different from the Broncos and Patriots, we, the Niners and Seahawks have to have to play each other twice. Yeah, exactly. And you yeah, know, yeah. so there's like just extra added drama there. Yeah, no, the where Patriots and Broncos if, play each other once a season just I for mean, the ratings. If, if the NFL could, they'd replace uh, replace some of those. Uh, those Bills and Dolphins games with the Patriots and just plug the Broncos into that. I'm sure they'd love to, yeah, but sure. they don't really have the option. <laughs> Although, I'd love to watch them play each other four times a year as opposed to oh, yeah. watching the Bills <laughs> play the Patriots <laughs> <laughs> any more than zero times. Yeah, yeah. yeah sure. Good point. So, it's not getting us back to Mark Cuban or anything, but <laughs> but his comments 
Okay. Maybe. But, but, actually going but we back comments, to his my comments might have a little bit of application here. So what happens when the owners start becoming the bad boys? Does that happen? When the owners start getting arrested. Oh. And, oh, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of a sad situation to me. The like yeah. whole Jim Irsay thing. It's, um, he's obviously... He's got a problem. He's got, you know, yeah, he's got at least at least stuff. one problem, if not more. Sure, he's probably got more problems now than he did before. But yeah. feel bad um, for you, son. I mean, I, I like what he br- what he brings to the league. You know, it's kind of this, like, you know, his Twitter presence and some of these kind of yeah. things. It's kind of yeah. refreshing. It's um, but then there's this dark side to it. Anyway. Yeah, I think it's just like the Twitter presence was something I always appreciated too. But with all this stuff that came to light uh, in last week, you wonder if that's just like the fact that he just kind of just really wants attention you know it's like is it is it because he's trying to be this like super like audience facing gm or is he just trying to use twitter as a i did oh you mean the twitter stuff like like just using game, like uh, using, trying to get attention using twitter as kind of like a, a an avenue or a vessel that's kind of like us uh, twitter.com slash the slant and go <clears throat> if, if i get to the point where my bankroll is like jim ursay yeah. <laughs> you can go ahead and call me out on this all right all right good point good point so um, twitter.com slant and go yeah, maybe it's partly for attention. I mean, but it, I think it's also kind of he just doesn't he doesn't care about the sort of conventions of the old school NFL. It's true. That's the part that I appreciate. You know, he's willing I, I to kind of get on there and well, say too. things on the yeah. record yeah. that yeah. other owners would never touch. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, obviously, I don't follow too many other teams through Twitter, but I, uh, uh, you know, Jed, Jed Jed York, the owner of the Niners, he's an avid. He's he's, he's out there. He's on Twitter. He yep. tweets directly to fans. Yeah. Pre during game pre game he tells fans like tweet at me about like problems that are going out oh, the yeah. stadium like stuff you don't like we're gonna change it we're gonna make it work like the lights went out again yeah that whole thing you know <laughs> beyonce unplugged all the lights again you know um no but you know like the, it's, it's just with this new kind of this new scope that that the, that sports and everything is in with social media like yeah. you kind of have to have a gm or pretty soon you're gonna have to have a gm that is at least open to doing that some of the time like is Robert Somebody Kraft in the organization needs to be that, that sure, presence, right? Sure, yeah. Um, like, is Robert Kraft going to be on Twitter GM? all the time? Probably not. No. <laughs> did you see his hair at the owners' meeting? What's Why the, was he's it like so growing crazy? it out. It's like yeah. this got kind of this uh, '70s wave thing going oh. on. It's like it's weird. I, I've always wanted to have kind of a almost a high and tight, you know. But yeah. he's got like flowing locks. He's business like he shows up and he's like Ric Flair from the '80s. I don't know what the hell is going on. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. He's like got the disco shirt on and stuff. That's not true. The hair though. So, so where does this fall? Like, where does this fall relative to players? Owners, players. Twitter thing or? No, uh, just the the behavior. Whether whether it's oh I see right right bad or not. Like, I assume there's not a double standard. I assume. Well, we'll find out soon, right? I mean. The NFL's uh, already talking about, yeah. you know, he's going to be treated like anybody else. Yeah, knowing but these owners, there's only there's only 32 of those guys, yeah. and they basically they run the league, right? I mean, they make all the decisions together and all this kind of stuff. So it would have to be almost the owners sanctioning yeah. him. Yeah, kind of that's, pull it off, that's right? why I think the 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 sort of like the uh, the avenue that the 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 fire is going to come down from is going to be Roger Goodell, but. The people that dictate Roger Goodell's actions are the other owners because they're the ones that put money in his pocket directly, yeah, right? right? So they're probably going to go to him and be like, okay, we don't expect you to, like, you know, ban this guy from the league or something crazy like that. But, like, you know, take the kind of approach where it's like 
have a strict set of your expectations of what you think he should be doing, whether it's rehab or whether it's just time away from the team or what have you. And if he's not doing to the letter what you expect, yeah. then you mandate that and you maybe find him a little bit. Like, really make it strict because the, the owners are not going to, like, be putting up with shit like this all the time. They're not. No, it's bad. It's bad press for the league. Yeah. And that, you know. And it puts all the owners in a bad light that yeah, sure. all the owners are capable of this kind of behavior, right? So they don't want to be compartmentalized in this kind of yeah, situation, they don't want to be right? With that, yeah. It's so, it's weird to have, I mean, these guys are all like billionaires, right? And have them sanctioning each other. I just, yeah. I kind of, I kind of, I don't see it happening except that the, for the fact that there's such a spotlight on it. So, yeah. Like the public's going to kind of force it on so, them. So, I mean, he, you know, Ursa already like basically handed, all the football operations and stuff over to his daughter, who's been a uh, executive on the team for like a while. Yeah, sure. So she's stepping in for now, and will he step back in? I mean, maybe, but honestly, I, but honestly, I wouldn't even be surprised if he just like takes a back seat for a little while and then gets, I think gets a it together. While. I think he wants to be in the limelight, though, like you're saying, like yeah. the attention thing. And he's gonna, there's gonna be that whole like contrite kind of uh, like press conference thing where he. Maybe he sheds a tear and all that kind of stuff. Sure. I'm being a little cynical about it, but it's you know there'll be some moment where he kind of asks for forgiveness from the public, and then he steps back in or something. I don't know. Yeah. Which which leads to my next question. All right. Should the NFL buy Uber? Should the NFL buy Uber? Yeah. I thought they already did. Yeah. Oh, wait. Surge pricing is like in the fourth quarter of every game, right? I don't know. <laughs> I think. Uh, I think uh, maybe if it's not Uber, I'm sure they've got some kind of deal with some kind of car agency, that the driver's service, because yeah. they know they know what their main problem is with uh, with athletes getting in trouble. I mean, this, this is something that's come up every year, at least twice, if not more, and now it's starting to come up during the year. Kind of, you know, we had uh, uh, Alden Smith crash his car into a tree at 4 o'clock in the morning and yeah. be found asleep at the wheel. Like, could have easily ended way worse than it did, but it every, should have ended in an Uber. But it always it should have ended in Uber. I mean, but it always comes back to me like, how much money do people need to be getting paid to just get a cab or to yeah. just get an Uber or to just get whatever car service is necessary, right? It's just yeah. do they pay one of your friends to drive your fancy car? Hey, yeah, you have a whole entourage that follows you everywhere. Yeah, go pay yeah. one of them. Pay one of them to stay sober. Yeah, and drive here's you around. Th- here's a thousand dollars. Don't drink tonight. Yeah. Okay. Boom. I Good. do that. I do that I would, for half that. I'll I'll quit my job now and be that guy. I'll be your sober driver for the whole season. Yeah, sure. I'll make thousand dollars a party. Sixteen thousand dollars. Winning. You could pay your electricity you guys, bill. I could pay half of it. <laughs> you guys have your own reality show, just driving. Oh, that'd be cool. Stars, NFL stars around. Um. So on to a another note. Music kind of sets the tone here. Absolutely. Uh, the NFL draft. Is there any hope? Is there <laughs> anything that's going to come out of this draft? No, nothing that, good can that come gives out of this us draft. like who who will we talk about ten years from now? That's a great question. No, I love that question. I'll let you, I'll let you start it off. All right. So I think the kind of obvious choice out of this draft. I think I know what you're going to say, but to me, it's Sammy Watkins. I think that guy is off the charts, and he's going to be one of these guys that's eight or nine years into the league, and people are like, can you believe what he just did, you know, on the over the course of his career? Um, he's on another level. I mean, the guy's going to be amazing. I mean, I, he's the kind of receiver that I would actually take uh, as a first-year receiver on my fantasy team. I just expect such great things from him. 
Yeah, and our, our, our conversations about Sammy Watkins to, to date have been like, wherever he ends up, he's going to make an impact. And wherever he ends up, he's going to be a notable, you know, fantasy implication. Um, so uh, I think if I had to answer this, it'd be like, he might he might even be my, he might be my 1A answer as well. Okay, yeah. but, but my 1B would, would and just Other for way, the, right, right. well, just for the sake of argument, okay. you know, my yeah. 1A will really be Jadavian Clowney. That's what I but thought. But my 1B would be Watkins, okay. and I'd have no... I'd have no problem, you know, choosing either one of those. Clowney fast. Yeah. Clowney, Clowney's just, he's fast, he's crazy strong, he's got, like, all the things you want in a pass rusher. And I think that the things that have made previous pass rushers a bust, like, like, yeah, I mean, really, early on, you've got guys like Courtney Brown, guys like Vernon Golston, guys like Aaron Maben, these guys that were taking, like, top five, top eight, that just didn't materialize. Um, I feel like the tape on them, wasn't as ridiculously dominant as it is on Clowney. And and if the question continues to be his work ethic, again, I say, like, he's hearing all those doubts now, too. Sure. So he's not going to light I, a fire. I think he's going to come in I swinging. Mean, so your mock draft has him going number one overall, I say he should right? go number one to Houston. Right. I, I still think that. Um, and I, I mean, I, I get the argument for it. Uh, I think it's – I don't know. It's not – it wouldn't be the worst pick in the world. Sure. Um, I, but – I don't know. Do you so number I guess one money to a defensive end? Yeah. So I guess my cons- my 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 idea for that is that if you're not so like so this is all pending the fact that if I was the coach or GM, right? Like I'm not particularly 100% sold on any of these quarterbacks. I do think there's some good guys. There's some there's some solid playmakers, guys that can be starters for yeah, your team. Sure. I get all that. But as far as like I want impact with that first pick, and yeah, a quarterback can seriously make an impact for sure and carry your team and all that. But he could also, he could also flounder, and I feel like if your question on a quarterback is always, well, he might do well or he might flounder, versus Clowney, who like, you can get, you can get Clowney with that first pick, right? And then and you're pretty confident he's gonna make it, right? And pretty confident he's gonna have an impact with yeah. the way that defense is already set up. Yeah. Um, Romeo Cannell is a, a coordinator I like. I like his style. I like the okay, type so of defense he runs. Okay, so my counterargument to all that, I think, I think actually, that Houston's gonna go quarterback in the first pick, and I understand. None of these guys is a lock, right? Um, but you already have a great pass, pass rusher. Sure. Um, this league is – you win with a good, great quarterback. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to take a, a chance on Blake Bortles at number okay. one overall. The guy's been rising. Teddy Bridgewater had the shaky pro day. Yeah, yeah. Manziel's so, not a number one guy. So if you were asking me who I would take with a number one pick, if I couldn't take Clowney or yeah. if Clowney was out of the yeah. picture or just say I would passed on it, and, no, then I probably would end up with Bortles too yeah. just because – out of everybody, I mean, I also, again, this is saying that I still love Watkins a lot, yeah, yeah. but it's it's hard to just plug in a receiver to an already pretty solid offense as far as targets go and say, well, we don't have a quarterback and no one's going to throw to you. <laughs> That's how yeah, it's going right, to work. Right. So, yeah, I think Bortles is a solid pick. I just think that I could get a quarterback I'd be happy with in the second round, too. And if I could be happy with, That's true. It's a, if I could yeah, be happy with Bortles, some good guys I could be happy with beginning they, the second they need round. A quarterback right now, you know, they do. And and I'm not saying that the guy in the second round means he's going to get a groom uh, like grooming period or anything like that. Maybe you start that guy too. But I just have a good feeling like a guy like you know a guy like Zach Mettenberger out of LSU. Yeah. He's got a, he's got a huge arm. He played a pro style offense. He does he doesn't he's not as good of an athlete as Bortles. Bortles definitely a better athlete, which yeah, saves yes. him in a couple of ways. Well, he's kind of prototypical. He's like no, he's got big guy, got know, the size. He's built. He's not he's not throws. wiry. Yeah, yeah. No, he's 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 there. I just feel like I'm <laughs> I maybe call it being greedy. I'd rather go for both. And if you get Clowney and still get a quarterback in the second round that you'd like, no, no, well then yeah, yeah. you know. But I guess that's not it's not a fair like 
answer to the question because we're only talking about one pick, right? Yeah. We're talking about the first pick. Yeah. So if it were up to me, I would take Clowney. If I couldn't take Clowney for whatever reason, uh, he gets hurt or he says, hey, I don't want to go to the Texans, something something John Elway-like or whatever, yeah, or, right. or Eli Manning-like. And yeah, then he's yeah. like, okay, uh, fine, we'll take Bortles and we'll move on mm-hmm. and you know, we'll go from there. And, and then in, you reverse it. In the second round, there's pass rushers and outside linebackers you take and sure, stuff like yeah. that, and you still – Or, you, you know, you beef up the secondary you still and give, get a, uh, yeah. you know, your, your front seven yeah. better opportunities. So, Deshaun? Deshaun? Let's go Deshaun. Sure. All right, Nora, so – I feel like there's avenues here to talk about. Deshaun Jackson, what the hell? Has his best career year last yeah. year. Yeah. Playing in the perfect offense for him. Yep. And yep. what's going on? Like, why are they shopping this guy? So I think I think the initial problem is Deshaun's an idiot. That's let's start. Oh, yeah. We start with that. Let's okay. start with that. Right. Um, he's causing enough of a problem in that locker room or with that coaching staff or what have you to have those coaches know that he's perfect for that offense. Yeah. But also be like, we don't want to deal with this all the time. He's that yeah. disruptive, like that. Did I mean, you have to be kind of like dividing the locker room. So how long? Is, true, how long right? has he been in the league? I want to say like six years. Yeah, about five that. years, something like that. Yeah. He's demanded a new contract at least twice in that time. <laughs> I think it's like twice a season. Demanded. Yeah. And this recent demand is two years after a new contract. So it's like all he's all doing right. is constantly demanding new contracts. Like that's one real easy way to yeah. to like kick yourself out of uh, an organization. And yeah, he had career numbers in every which way. He had yeah. more catches than he's ever had by 20, more yards than he's ever had by 300. Uh, he equaled his high in touchdowns with nine. Um he did everything that he, he should be doing to, to to say, hey, I'm a perfect fit for this offense. Yeah. Another year of this, and I should get maybe a bump or something yeah, like yeah. that, right? Not just immediately, like, oh, cool, look what I can do, and give me more money right now. That's what I like, did at my job. Yeah. I came in, oh. did, like, two good months. Yeah. And I was like, right. where's the money? Yeah. What happened? You know? The yeah. guy had never had more than 60 or 65 catches in a year yeah. and wanted a pay raise anyway. Yeah. Then he gets a pay raise, and he has a great year, 82, 85 catches. Yeah. All that good stuff, and then just wants another pay raise. And it's like you can't oh, just yeah. do this every year. Okay, so, so you think it's all so it's Chip Kelly about him being a pain in the ass around his. I think contracts. it's him being a pain in the ass, and because he's such a good fit on offense, and Chip Kelly knows that, like, well, he knows that his his whole point of last year was proving that his offense and his brand of offense could work in the NFL, yeah. and it pretty clearly did. Sure, given all the numbers we're talking about with Deshaun. LaShawn McCoy. But it, it worked because of speed. Sure. And he's the fastest guy but on the field, So, right? so what so. Chip Kelly's thinking is, if the draft is really this deep with receivers, there's a couple of them that are speed. Maybe not Deshaun yeah, Jackson true, fast, true. but still super fast. Yeah, yeah. So I take, four, four I take one of them. Yeah. Take one of them. Forget about you. Take these kids that want to play. Yeah, I can so get them at a premium. Hungry, not gonna be and they save the cap hit for the next here. couple years on his contract anyway. Yeah, as well. So yeah. it's like. It's like a win-win for them. You lose the headache. You still get probably maybe the same production if you're lucky. I don't know. I just it's so funny to me because he's he's so good, so talented. Oh, he's amazing. And like, I, a lot of teams would just put up with that. Well, just the, because he's so. Good, I mean, right? you know, like the, the the rumors are that oh, the Seahawks, the Niners, the uh, who other there are some other teams that are involved, the Jets yeah. that are talking about being up for his services. And I'm like, as an Niners fan, he's exactly what the Niners are missing on offense. He's yeah. exactly what they're missing. But they don't have the cap room, and I don't think they're really going to yeah. make a run for him. Uh, if they, I don't think the Niners as an organization would put up with somebody like that. If they did either. have the cap room, it'd be interesting because you'd really get to see whether or not they'd be like, we're going to put you in this locker room and see if the locker room can fix you yeah, and right, winning right. can fix you. Sure. But I don't know. Like, Eagles didn't do bad. They, they won. They, they yeah, did yeah. all right. You know, like, so I yeah, don't know. If I were any, him, 
I'd be looking forward to playing next season for the for the Eagles. I don't know. Showcasing him. Like, you know what I mean? all of my explanation aside, yeah. I don't know what his damn problem is. Yeah, like, I, I can't exactly get past, right you know, like, <laughs> but this is a guy who I read articles about when he was coming up in, uh, coming up into the draft. Yeah. He grew up in SoCal, grew up a huge USC fan, apparently, yeah. wanted to go to USC his whole life. Pete Carroll's at his house trying to recruit him uh, after high school, and he's down. He wants to go to USC. He's yeah. about to verbally and literally commit, and he just says, I got one, I got one stipulation. I want to wear number one. And Pete Carroll's like, what's in, who can't, why, why do you want to, yeah. you know, it's Pete Carroll, being Pete Carroll, trying to, like, get his way still, and uh, understandably, he's already got him locked in, he knows that, he's like, I'm almost about to grab this kid, who's awesome, and gonna make USC amazing, with yeah, him and Reggie Bush, the same offense, oh my God. are you kidding me? Oh my God. Um, and he goes, I'm all this close to closing this deal, <laughs> who cares about a number, you can have any number you want, yeah. why do you need to be number one, like, because... He apparently already promised number one to someone else, oh. or someone else had already claimed it outright. Whatever yeah, the case yeah, sure. was, so bottom line, Deshaun couldn't get number one, and Pete Carroll knew that. And Deshaun goes, "Oh, so you're saying I can't get number one?" And Pete Carroll's like, uh, "Effectively, effectively, no, you can't." Yeah. And Deshaun says, "Well, I gotta think about it then," and goes to Cal <laughs> because of his number. And did he wear number one at Cal? I don't know. I guess not. I think I'm thinking so. not. I think so. Oh, did he? Okay. I can't remember. Well, that's, that's all that matters. Dramatic pause. What number are you? Dramatic what pause. Number but you wear? This is what I'm saying. Is like He's the, number one. The decision-making was so flawed that clearly, yeah. that early, that it just didn't change. He's obviously a rocket scientist. <laughs> clearly a brain a brain. As long scientist. as I get the right number, I'm going to that school. I'm going... When USC was a factory to get to the NFL. I know, I know. Not that Cal wasn't. He clearly got to the West, NFL and did fine. West Coast, Miami. You, talk you know, about USC. You or whatever, you know. Yeah. I don't know. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know but that sorry, story. Sorry. I, I, uh, I think I derailed you from your, your side of the what? Deshaun what? discussion. Oh, no, no. That's actually that's great background. on. That kind of lends a perfect insight into why he's being such a pain <laughs> in the ass now <laughs> at Philly. He's such a dipshit. Just don't get it. Give me a break, man. He's the kind of player that's going to land with the Redskins. He might end up with the Jets and be really unhappy with his life. He'd be back with Vic. True. For the – well – I guess if Gino's going to start and the Vic's going to flounder over the first four games, they're going to so put Vic in okay, for then, like six games. He's going to get hurt, Vic, and then Gino's and then Vic dies and Gino comes and back. Come back in and, like, and then he's gone. Yeah, and then next uh, year the Jets a, are getting a new quarterback. It's okay. be a mess. So it's good. We planned out the Jets next year. The Jets year. are going to be a mess. That's good. But, um, I mean, like that's news. Sure. So I, get, <laughs> wasn't a, I guess a, a leadoff question that I okay. just thought of is where do you think Deshaun's going to end up? Because I think he's not staying in Philly. So... I mean, uh, you know, maybe the Panthers make a move for him. Wow, they that's a that's an interesting move. Good call. Right? Like, uh, Good they call. need that kind of free yeah. agent receiver. So the latest rumors that I heard yeah. were um, the Dolphins being unhappy with Mike Wallace, and oh, right. and the Eagles being unhappy with Deshaun and doing like a flip flop. Yeah, which we'll would create our problem for your problem. That would benefit Philly more than anything because you're just yeah. plugging in the same receiver, really. Like yeah, sure. Mike Wallace might be the only guy that you could talk about being in the Deshaun caliber of speed. And um, speed, yeah. He's is he a little taller? He's I think more like a, it's kind of like a straight line guy. Though, Deshaun's right? like five ten. I don't think Mike Wallace is that much taller. If he's taller, oh, okay. he might be maybe six feet, maybe, okay, maybe. Right. But he's definitely the same prototype. Sure. Yeah. But isn't he he's a straight line guy? I mean, like. Oh yeah. No. Think about Deshaun. I think he'd be going this way a million miles an hour yeah. and go exactly the opposite way. Yeah. Deshaun's. A a, I think Deshaun's hour. agility is off the charts. Oh man. And that's what I think sets him apart from your normal speed guy, like sure. Emmanuel Sanders, just like went you. to Denver. Like, like me. You. I'm all speed. I can't turn. <laughs> I'm a, I'm not an ambi turner. I can't turn left. I'm Zoolander. I can't turn left. 
Well, you said uh, you said Panthers could be a potential option for for Deshaun. I think a team that should be in play for him is Oakland. They got the most cap room. You're just talking about trading a pick. If he's, that, he's the perfect fit. And he's for a perfect Oakland. fit. But they 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 already did bring in James Jones, right? You add in Deshaun Jackson to that mix. No, no, but he's a good compliment to Jones. I mean, Jones well, is a touchdown saying. guy. So, so you got you got your, your balance there. Yeah. They make a trade for Schaub. That was a sixth-round pick or something, fifth-round pick. Yeah. And you're going to draft a quarterback somewhere in this draft to be your heir apparent down the road. Yeah. I shake my head only because um, I actually like, uh, what's his name, Pryor. Pryor, he's, he's asked for a trade at this point. He's ready. Yeah, he wants no, to go. Just, it's too bad. I think typical Raiders, they kind of wasted that guy. I'd, I mean, I don't know. Like, Yeah, I do think they didn't give him a chance. And this is part of the new sort of brand of, like, young quarterbacks in the NFL is, yeah. like, you don't really get that much of a shot. You used to get, like, five, six years because you'd yeah. get groomed for a year, two or years. Two or three. Or uh, three even. Yeah. Eli, Eli uh, not Eli, um, uh, Rogers sat for three well, Rogers, years. Yeah, for sure. Guys like uh, guys like Chad Pennington sat for three years. Yeah. Steve McNair sat for three years. Like uh, Carson Palmer, when he got drafted, sat his first year. Colin Kaepernick sat his first year. It's a bit of an anomaly even for this day and age of quarterbacking. You yeah, know, like absolutely. guys are usually just, they're invested in immediately and they play immediately. Like, yeah. you have no choice. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, and so... Pryor got to play early, but didn't really get. I didn't feel like he got the fair shot. They were constantly going back and forth. It was like him. Is it McGloin? Is yeah, it? Yeah. Is it? You know, who else did they roll out with for a couple games? I mean, they like. You know, they. He's a good they case study and, and somebody you'd want to have sit for probably two years, learn. You know, just really learn the NFL and then come in and just blow it up. I think he has the athleticism to do it. I think that that combined with the fact that if you let him on the practice field, you can see what skill set speaks to him. Yeah, or, sorry, what plays speak to a skill set, and then go from there, right? Like, um, and just kind of build off that. So, yep. yeah, by starting him so soon, they kind of voided their option of sitting him to groom him, right? Yeah, yeah. But by being in such a dire situation, they didn't really have a choice. They, no, they, they, didn't, have the anyone, they didn't have anyone to start over him, <laughs> you know? I think James Jones on one side and Deshaun on the other, that's a pretty potent I'm telling you, that's solid. And you've still got McFadden, who for, like, yeah. Uh, you know, he's on a one-year prove-it deal, so he'll prove be it deal, so motivated. Seven to nine games that you're going to get out of him um, are still going to be awesome. Exactly, that right. he's going to yeah, give sure. you, yeah, yeah. right? Um, you know, I I really would have thought that the Raiders should have made, being that they got him at such a cheap deal, yeah. and they got him the day one day one of free agency, meaning yeah. he didn't really want to go anywhere else. So they kind of got a good situation with him. But I going into the free agency, I was like. The Raiders should be making a play for either trading for Chris Johnson or trying to sign MJD, let McFadden walk, maybe even bring Michael Bush back from the Bears. Yeah. Michael Bush is awesome. I, yeah, I, sure. I, I love that guy. Yep. He's just he's just a pound-for-pound, pound, like, solid running back. He can wear people down. And actually, if you were going to keep McFadden, bringing Bush back helps McFadden more than it helps anybody. Yeah, they were actually go good together. When and go, when you go 50-50, both of them, yep. they're perfect complements for each other. Um, McFadden needs to be in a 50-50 share to save the amount of carries he gets yeah, exactly, to yeah. save him for the rest of the year. Yeah. And you combine all that, all of a sudden you got a lot of elements there that you like. Um, and they got they had a younger tight end last year. I think his name was uh, David Osbury, who made some plays, kind of had some flashes during the year. Like he could be your kind of like down the field kind of like tight end that just kind of gets one on one coverage. He goes from it. Like yep. the Raiders aren't as far off as I think people think, pound for pound, talent wise. Yeah. It's just that it's. It's just that they've been in like this same situation for like ten years. Yeah. That you're like, are they really gonna get over the hump or not? Yeah, you don't trust them to, you know? to do to like, make the right decision. Like talk about if they don't trade for Deshaun, but they and they already made the trade for Schaub. Let's say the Raiders plug in a guy like Watkins. 
Yeah. Well, then then you're talking about like immediate impact from your sure, from yeah. your guy. And although they do need upfront help and maybe get a left tackle or something like that, I think the fan base is tired of them being bad. They're tired of being bad. The GM's on the hot seat. The coach is on the hot seat as a result. Like, yeah. just you need some you need some punch out of this draft. So if it's because this well, is what they've been saving up for is this free agency and this draft. Yeah. Sure. They've been they've been not spending their picks. They've been not spending their money to have the most cap room in their league, which they have now, which is why I say Deshaun Jackson's in play. Yeah, sure. Yeah, he's, yeah, a, yeah. he's a 10.5 cap hit this year, mm-hmm. and they have the most cap room in the league. So who puts more butts in the seats, Deshaun or Sammy? Wow, that's a good question. Um, I mean, just based on the fact that he's get, he's proven it already, I think Deshaun does. Yeah, I, th- but, I do too. Yeah, but absolutely. like, because the, 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 the Raiders fan base as a whole is super, super loyal, right? Yeah. And if you get Sammy and he's got a good buzz around him, yeah. they'll go and they'll go for it. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. But if no, you I got think Deshaun, they'd be excited about that, but Deshaun, man. But that's a different story. Like, oh, that's, that's a different story. That's a game story. changer. I think yeah. people would be into it, you know. Yeah, so, that's a different story. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's not that much of, you know, maybe they'll be smarter than that and they'll, you know, get Sammy and spend their money somewhere else on other needs, but, um, you know, I could see him going for Deshaun for sure. Yeah. And, I, know, think they should. That, I think they should. I think they should. A good left tackle or something, you know, like kind of protect Schaub. There's still left tackles to draft out yep. there. There's still quarterbacks to draft out there even, you know. Like I said, second round, True. if yeah. the Texans could be in the market for a, dra- uh, a quarterback in the second round of the draft, then the Raiders are picking five picks after them. Yeah. There, there should be quarterbacks there too, right? Yeah. So depending on who they like, then go for it. Or if you really don't, that's why you got Schaub. Yeah, is sure. For a year, you have to sit with Schaub, and you just have to deal with Schaub. Yeah. That's fine. But if you put Schaub in the right situation, he can not be the problem. But – Last year, as we saw, if you put too much pressure on him, he will be the problem. Well, so, no, that's totally right. So I feel like Schaub and uh, Andy Dalton kind of have that in common, right? Where um, That's a great comparison. I, Andy Dalton I haven't actually thought about that. That's had a great, good. Yeah. I mean, it took the Bengals to the playoffs for wow. three years in a row. That's a great pull. And then, you know, throws, you know, interceptions in the playoff game and stuff, kind of chokes. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a Tony Romo, Andy Dalton, Matt Schaub, these guys – Good players during the regular season, and then right. get, get to the playoffs, and, and they just you know I saw this fall apart. I saw this about Romo a while back, and I saw this about Dalton during his rookie year, but I kind of chalked it up to rookie learning experience. He played yeah. completely different when you get sustained pressure on him, like throughout the game. Yeah, yeah. When you get when you get into his backfield a little bit, he starts seeing ghosts. He starts dancing a little bit. And he starts getting freaked out, and Romo, of course, does this too. Um, but. Schaub, I didn't really see it until this year. Like, he kind of, he was that, maybe it's just because he's a veteran when he got to Houston, he was able to, like, circumvent that for a bit, but. Yeah, he definitely felt solid, and it was like, you kind of always blamed the other pieces of the team for them right, not kind of getting right, over the hump. Right, But then in the end, they kind of put the pieces together, and yeah. then he, he's the one who. I feel like there's, like, there's different, there's point. different, like, levels of being a game manager, right? There's being a game manager on the, uh, absolutely do not throw the pass if you think someone's not open, like. Trent Dilfer with the Ravens sense, right? Yep. Then there's like a game manager sense where it's like, we're going to give you situations that are up to you that you can go in. And this is kind of more of that like Kansas City, Alex Smith realm, Alex Smith Niners realm, uh, and Schaub earlier with the Texans realm where it's like, we've got a great running back. Yep. We've got a Hall of Fame caliber receiver. Yep. We've got a tight end that puts up numbers. Yep. We're going to protect you. We have got a great defense. Just don't like, just do what you got to do to win the game. Don't but, screw it up. But just don't throw pick sixes every fucking week. <laughs> and and that seemed all that's all he did this yeah, year yeah. was throw pick sixes every week. Yeah. And they probably literally said that to him, yeah. and then he couldn't get it out of his mind. I can't throw a pick six. I can't throw a pick six. Oh shit! I just threw a pick oh, six. Oh yeah, I can't throw a pick six. Oh wait, I've got a shallow five yard route, and Sherman's dragging on it. I'm gonna throw it. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Oh, that's fine. Oh, to fine. the house. Well. Oh, whoops. 
crap. Sherman. It's always about Sherman, isn't it? God, I hate Sherman. <laughs> I bet you do. No, he's so good. He's so good. Yeah, he good. He's so yeah, good. he good. I still think if I had to draft the corner out of the whole lot, yeah. I would draft uh, Patrick Peterson ahead of him. Patrick yeah, Peterson, no, I can see that. Yeah. Patrick Peterson's more like that. He's more in that Dion realm as far as, like, ability and ability to do everything. Yeah. And, like, he's a taller guy, too, right? He's a I guess Sherman's pretty tall, though, too. Sherman's right? tall, and he's got the range yeah. uh, as far as uh, the length and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, he doesn't have the top end speed, which is why I kind of give it to Peterson. Where even if Peterson gets beat on like a route, like yeah. he gets beat on a double move or something, that guy's athleticism is so off the charts, he'll make up for it. Yeah, sure. And he'll go get it. And Joe Hayden's another guy yeah. I really dig too. Um, but Peterson, I think, is just super. He's it. He's awesome. Yeah. He's awesome. You know, it would be cool is if they you could get those guys on the same team, even just once a year. Oh, yeah, Pro Bowl. Oh, that thing. <laughs> Houston, I'd go. I'd you go quarterback build around first, a quarterback. That's right? how I would go. Okay. They have a good defense. Okay. They have a good running back. Yeah. You know they have they have a great receiver. Although he's at yeah. towards the end of his career. Um, yeah. But yeah. you know you have some pieces to build around. I would start with the quarterback and then you know start filling in pieces around him. Okay. So Houston, I would go Clowney, like I said, and um, make that defense absolutely fearsome and have like no one want to play against them ever. Uh, have Clowney be under J.J. Watt's wing. Have all that good stuff. Romeo Cornell also can be a supreme motivator. He knows the right way to play defense. He's from the Belichick tree. All that good stuff. Uh, and then second round, uh, second round, or maybe even sooner. Maybe they trade back up into the first round and get a quarterback that's sliding if they really like, you know, a, a Derek Carr or someone like that. And just, but if that's not the case, if we're talking about no trade situation, then. First pick of the second round, I'll take a guy maybe like Mettenberger, a guy like AJ McCarron, maybe even in an Aaron Murray from Georgia. These are guys that like proved it, have proven it in college. They're on winning programs, which is huge, right? You got to know how to play on a team that expects a lot of you. That's kind of a big, big part. Um, the reason I say McCarron at all is because he played on Alabama, supremely defensive team. He knows how to be like in a in a situation where it's like, well, just don't fuck it up, and we'll be okay. That's why him over for me him over Carr because he's in a big time program. Yeah. Fresno State. I mean it's, but it's fine, but so I mean he's a great you know yeah. he's a great prospect. But yeah, no, I agree with that. I just think pound for pound quarterback wise, Carr has more to offer to me than McCarron. He's got a bigger arm, he's got a little more athleticism, and being from a smaller school or a school that wasn't doing as well like Fresno State versus Alabama, more is expected of you literally to carry every game. True. So like, true. So you kind of have a little bit of that with you too, right? And um. I just think, like, with, with McCarron, you're asking him to not mess everything up. With Carr, I feel like there's an interesting thing there with David Carr being the first pick the Texans ever took and Derek Carr ending up with the Texans, you know, in the second round of this draft. Like, it'd be a cool little storyline there, possibly, if that yeah. worked out. So, yeah, and then you, know, you got a guy like Zach Mettenberger, LSU, huge arm, pro-style offense. Um, not the best athlete ever, but can make all the throws. Smart enough to make all the reads. In college, his offense coordinator was Cam Cameron. He's a pro. He's, he's been a coordinator in the pros. Knows what he's doing. So all right, they got like options. They got options. We're not gonna get off through yeah. five if we do it like this. Sure. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I'm the one you gotta stop That's when right, I start right, talking. Right, okay. So, so, um, so second is St. Louis. That's so your you're turn. saying that they they go Clowney first and then they have. Their second pick, they go quarterback, and I think yeah. that's, that's a good call. I mean, it, you know, that's, that's my like dream situation for them if sure. I were them. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about St. Louis. So I feel like 
the biggest problem St. Louis has is that they're in the NFC West. Yes, agreed, <laughs> like agreed. You got obviously, you know, Seattle winning Super Bowl. You got, um, you got the Niners right. who are the second best and team in Arizona the NFL. And Arizona that no one Arizona, can slouch on. No slouch. Absolutely I mean, not. That's a tough, tough division. You're not going to win the division for the next few years anyways, right? Yeah. So yeah. you gotta you got to make it on your record. Um, I think to do that, you got to be consistent year, week in and week out. And I, those guys, they have – a gazillion picks because of the stupid Redskins. Yeah. So, what I would but do if I were the Rams is trade down, stockpile picks, build massive depth, you so know, so uh, fortify the O line, the D line, start so from the basics. You so know. currently they have two of the top twelve or fourteen picks. I think twelve. Yeah. So trading down, uh, as long as there's not a guy that they totally love, yeah, I sure. agree with trading down. But I'm also like. You're going to keep trading down every year and just having stockpile picks that you're not using because when you trade down, you're usually getting future picks or you're getting more picks. For so it's like if they're going to stay, stay pat with what they're doing, yeah. then I have, two, I have two ideas here. One is why don't they just take Watkins True. And, and give Bradford some actual targets he can work with yep. along with Taven Austin, who they took last year, who super fast um, can stretch a defense and all that stuff. Give a true target with Watkins and then actually see what you got out of Bradford. Who, who you have to pay for the next two years. Yeah, you got to pay Bradford because he's on that yeah. old scale of, of, quarter, of, of draft pick money where he's getting a ton of money. Yeah. And you got to see what you got in the guy. Why not go Watkins? That's an idea there. I hope yeah. they don't because I don't want the Rams to get any better. Yeah. But, but <laughs> no, if I were them, I would strongly consider taking Watkins. True. If not, offensive tackle um, out of Auburn is just a wall. Yeah, you, yeah. Got, you got Jake Long already. But Jake Long has been injury prone as of late, and you don't know what you're going to get out of him. Yep. Maybe you save his career or extend it by turning him into a right tackle yeah. and having a new left tackle. Yeah, a lot of mocks, they got, mock drafts that I've seen have, yeah, have them taking that, a tackle. It's a pretty consensus pick, right? I think yeah. I think Watkins is actually the outlier as far as what, what we're talking about here. Yeah. Um, they got Saffold back with that weird Raider situation. Yeah, right. He's going to play guard now. So your line's actually better than you thought yeah. going into the going into the draft. But if you can shore it up with a left tackle that you can trust, then you're still going to get to see what you get out of Bradford because sure. you're protecting him a little more. But I just say, like we've been talking about Watkins, like the guy, that type of guy doesn't come around all the time, and they constantly need a receiver. Like every year they've needed a receiver, yeah. and they haven't been able to add one. Yeah, yeah. Austin's great, but you don't know if he's a number one type. There's going to be a good tackle left at, four, at number 12 or 14. Agreed. Right? So Why not? Why not just get another tackle somewhere? They can even just trade down in the first round and get another pick you know, later. They could, like yeah. a third-round pick or something. Yeah. And um, I just think that they, that's a team that just, they need to get better kind of overall. You know? Agreed, agreed. So they, could, they could trade down to somewhere like, let's say, number two, they trade down to six with Atlanta. Atlanta yeah. really wants Clowney. They go yeah. get Clowney at six. Uh, the Rams still get the guy they were looking for. They still get a tackle. I think get more picks out of it. Sure. Then, yeah, you know, yeah. like that's, that's a total win-win for them. Yeah. So that's what I would do if I were the Rams. Yeah. How about uh, Jacksonville? Jacksonville needs a quarterback really bad. What? Jacksonville needs a quarterback really yeah, bad. Sure. They they like I mean not that Gabbard was the answer, but Gabbard's gone. They invested Chad Henney just to be like a, a seat warm type of guy. I think they go with whichever quarterback out of the group they like the most. If Bortles doesn't go number one, I think he's a he's a really good pick at number three, obviously. Um, if they don't like him for whatever reason, I think they might be more likely to go a Bridgewater versus a Manzel, just because they might their uh, their their coach is defensive oriented, so he might want someone that's less of like a risk taker like Manziel and more of a polished guy than than as Bridgewater. Um, that's my pick. If so, there's two scenarios here. 
if Clowney goes number one or if Bortles goes number one, right? Yeah. If either one of those guys doesn't go number one, I think that's who Jacksonville should take with their third pick. Take Clowney oh, yeah, if you yeah. can get him. Otherwise, take Bortles if you can get him. Right. If he's yeah. there. Um, and I think, you know, if Bortles, like I'm saying, if Bortles goes number one, I guess they take Clowney. Yeah. But, um, Be happy with that pick, too, right? Yeah. If those guys were somehow gone or whatever, I think they uh, they do need a quarterback. And so I think Teddy Bridgewater would be a good um, a good pick for them at that point. Yeah, yeah. If Bortles is already gone. Yeah. If Bortles is gone in that scenario, then, yeah, take Bridgewater if you don't want Clowney. Yeah. Or if you want Clowney, take Clowney and uh, second round, you know, like we keep saying, second round they'll be quarterbacks. Sure. Yeah. So where does that where does that leave us? Good old good old, good old Cleveland. Cleveland. Oh God. They, they need a quarterback too. So they do need a quarterback. They should hope that. I think either Bortle or Bridgewater is uh, left at number four. Yeah. But I, there's something about Cleveland that screams Manziel to me because they yeah, want because yeah, no. they <laughs> want punch with this pick. They want but like they could take Manziel at like 26. Oh, or whatever their second that's. Pick is, right? uh, I think he's still gonna be there. You know what? That's a good point. And even if he's not, there could be another quarterback there, right? Right, right. Maybe they jump on the or something. Yeah, yeah. The would-be second-round quarterbacks just jump on them. Yeah. So yeah, Cleveland is a perfect scenario where they already have a pretty solid defense. They've had a pretty solid defense yeah. with uh, with Hayden and a couple other guys. If that's a team that could add Clowney, then yeah. then you got something. If not, I say, one Watkins makes a lot of sense again. Kind of consensus. I mean, Watkins. Watkins with Josh Gordon, and later you pair him with a quarterback. I mean, you're like talking Ava. about a real offense. Yeah, yeah. And you, you just put Team Tebow well, in there. Well, they found Jordan Cameron at tight end oh, yeah, last year true. too, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's that's four four yeah. elements to your offense that that are that are solid. Yeah, you know, no and at least something you can go from. Uh, and with a uh, oh, and they signed Ben Tate. They got a running back already. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think they're really staring at Watkins or quarterback. Yeah, yeah, I think they'll go offense for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just like kind of whoever's left at that at that number yeah. four pick. Well, they're, but they're, solid, they're not going to go wrong at that. At yeah, that pick, they're in a solid value spot where they, sure. whoever of this scenario they take, they're going to be, they should be happy with. Yeah, yeah. But you know, it is Cleveland, so <laughs> the variable's always there. Yeah, they they all find a way to screw it up. Yeah. And so, so number five, we got the Raiders. Raiders. And uh, whoever's fastest, who's still on the board. I think I feel like that's who they're gonna draft. Whoever's fastest. So I feel like I feel like that's not who they are anymore, but that they should take Watkins. <laughs> like if yeah, they yeah, can, no, you know. That's true. But this is all pending, you know, Deshaun trade and things and that that could happen. But yeah. all things aside, if we're talking about right now, the draft is tomorrow, I think they should take Watkins and just yeah. and, and add some add some real real firepower to that offense. And with James Jones and with a steady guy like Schaub, you go around McFadden's running game. You know, you just go from there, and then you give. So they have a, do you think they have a decent enough O line to pass that up at number five? Yeah, um, I know they do need they do need like a true left tackle. I think they have a right tackle, yeah. and they have um, they have a not bad interior. They lost their left tackle in free agency to Arizona. He's a really solid dude. He got hurt, yeah. um, but he left. So I think a left tackle would be good. But I just feel like you need you need impact with this pick, and a left tackle yeah. if he's impactful. Yeah. He's someone you never even talk about again. It's just, oh, he's awesome, and he's on our left side, yeah, and yeah. that's it. I don't think the Raiders, as an organization, or the fan base, wants that pick now. They want, like, they want the Watkins pick. They want the Man maybe even the Manziel, maybe even the Bridgewater. Like, we want we want to feel this pick in, like, a good way, you know? I feel, like, I feel like the Raiders fan base would prefer Manziel over Bridgewater. 
They want the like the guy who's gonna like create yeah. stuff out of chaos. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that from a couple of my Raider sources. Yeah. Uh, they, <laughs> you know, just the the, the it's kind of the the competitiveness, leadership qualities that Menzel's shown. Yeah. Um, from time to time, they they're more for that than for Bridgewater, which I can kind of understand. You know, you're on a team that's not been winning for a long time. You want someone to come in and say like, hey, no, fuck these other guys. We're trying to play. We're we're trying to win right now, and that's what we're trying to be about. We're trying to win, and that's it. Yeah. You know, and maybe your silent leader is not going to do or say that, right? Right, right. But a guy like Manziel probably could, you know, and, and probably would. I mean, nothing against Raiders fans, but I don't see them appreciating polish. Like, the most polished NFL-ready quarterback. I guess. They're going to appeal to the fan base. They're going to want, like, the guy that's, like, going out there, like, creating something out of nothing. Uh, I guess my closest Raiders inside source yeah. still wants polish. But, oh, really? But, okay. but. But like, I also, could be wrong. I mean, I've no, no. I mean, been to two Raiders games in my life. Yeah. So. Well, and I mean, you know, I've been to none. So you're, right. you're the expert in this, in this table. I'm infinitely more informed right. than you are. Right. Like a thousand percent. <laughs> but, um, you know, I just think that like the, uh, the, what, what Manziel brings versus what Bridgewater brings. You know. If it were my team. Yeah. Who would you take if you're picking? I take Bridgewater over Manziel. Okay. Um, I mean, I think Manziel has potential to be crazy good, but he also like God knows. It could play a, be a total so disaster. I, yeah, I guess my decision would have to be Bridgewater too, and kind of on an antithesis point where it's like, Manziel probably is going to get crushed yeah. at some point. <laughs> and is Bridgewater going to get crushed? Maybe. But is he going to get crushed outside the pocket running around? No. Yeah, yeah. He's not going to be doing Fran Tarkenton like Manziel does. Because protection breaks down. He's going to, and, yeah. and, Man, and, and sorry, Bridgewater has already made his statements from the pocket. Yeah. Right, where Manziel's best plays, they're not from the pocket. Yeah, absolutely, right. You know? I don't think you make your living outside the pocket in the NFL. Personally. And I agree, I agree. I mean, some, you know, Russell Wilson, right. Kaepernick to some extent, right. RG3, like those yeah. guys try. But they're anomalies. And yeah. until recently, none of them have been winning quarterbacks exactly. as far as championships are concerned. Yeah. Winning percentage, sure. Yeah. But championships, no. Yeah. And we won't even know until the next, hey, let's say the next five years. I guess Rodgers makes... Some of his but living outside the but pocket. But is not, he's st he still would rather beat you from inside the pocket. Sure, oh and yeah. And you yeah. know that, hands down, he would. He wants to beat you from inside the yeah. pocket. <laughs> it's not even that he would, he yeah, wants yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only time Rodgers scrambles, which is what I think is most underrated about him, is he scrambles at the smartest times too. Yeah. It's when you got everybody covered, he avoids two pass rushers, and then he just gets six yards. Yeah. And you're like, God damn it, we almost had Rodgers. I know, and you're they so got mad. a first down by like six It's like he plays head games with you even when he's playing with his feet. Yeah. That's why Rodgers is Rodgers. He's he's out of his he's out of his mind. He's, he's out of his mind. He's crazy. He's crazy. So should we um we could talk about our uh, speaking fantasy, of Rodgers, our fantasy picks, our top fantasy pick for okay. next year. So I've kind of just tipped my hand, but yeah, um, for me, if I all things being equal, like right now, if I had a draft, yeah, I would take Rodgers as my top pick, and I um it's tough to say, like you know, it's usually that kind of that bell cow running back and all yeah. that, but yeah. I feel like this the league is changing. It's more of a passing league. Um, you know, Rodgers wasn't the best passer last year, but yeah. uh, he has Eddie Lacy who's coming on at like a, sure. a solid running back. I sure. think that team, the whole offense is going to be better this year than it was last year. I think he's going to put up silly numbers. Um, he could, I think he actually could be the top passer next year. So Touchdowns, yards, everything. I would not be surprised if Rodgers MVP at the end of next year. Yep. Like, I'll say that right now. And after talking last time, I realized I took Jamal Charles and – 
maybe for the sake of argument, I'll still not take Rodgers, but I'm strongly considering Rodgers at number one, too. Yeah. Just for everything that's there. I mean, we talk about it, right? Passing lead, he's in yep. a favorable offense. They pass all the time. Yeah. The division's not strong on defense. I mean, all the things you want are there. He loves to go for the throat as well. Yeah, that absolutely. killer instinct that he has, yeah. that's that's something that I account for a lot. Um, if I was picking number one, just to say that I wouldn't, just, just for the sake of not taking sure. Rodgers. Yeah, yeah, who else would you take at that point? That it's hard. I know I said Jamal Charles last time, and that does make sense for a lot of reasons. Yeah. But Jamal Charles, he's gotten hurt before. He could easily get hurt again. And I don't know. That's just scary to just invest all in him. I do it's think kind of it, you're kind of betting that the, the Chiefs are going to be as good this year, this coming year, as they were last year. And I really hedge that bet on, on Andy Reid. Andy yeah, Reid's yeah. production out of his running backs has always been super solid. True, true. So, yeah, I'd be happy with Jamal Charles, but if I was going to say, hey, let's let's take the running backs out of this. The bell cows aren't there anymore, like yeah. you said. We're going quarterbacks, Yeah. and I'm picking one, or maybe I'm picking two behind you, and you took yeah, Rodgers. Right. Like then I'll take Peyton Manning. I'll yeah. take Peyton Manning. He's got something to prove again yeah. after last year. People are going to be saying, oh, no Decker, blah, 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 whatever. You know what? Peyton Manning lost pieces of his offense in Indy every now and then and managed to be just fine. I don't think Decker was the guy who made that thing go. No, I think Demarius Thomas. Don't plug somebody else in there. I think Demarius Thomas and 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 Noshon Moreno yeah. do more for that offense. Now, Noshon, they might lose, but Monte Ball has already been groomed. No, no they'll, they'll be fine. On they'll, they'll pick up some receiver in the draft. Yeah. And they'll plug him in, and Peyton yeah. will instill the, it, the work ethic exactly. on the guy. They, they, they got Emmanuel Sanders, so yeah. they got a speed guy to stretch sure, the field. Yeah, yeah. So he's going to do the Decker role. He's going to stretch the field. Yeah. And he's going to go deep, and he's your one-on-one -on -one yeah, guy. Yeah, he's actually better than Decker, so and I think they're actually in a better yeah. place than they were. So I'll, I'll take I'll, I'll take Peyton Manning in that sense. Yeah. I mean, he, I don't think he's going to set another record, but he'll. there's not going to be a lot of drop-off. But if he falls a little so short, he's still did amazing. He's so consistent, yeah. that guy. So, yeah. no, it's a great pick. I think... You know, I'm going kind of the upside pick. You're going the like consistent. I'm like, going consistency. The yeah. guy that 11 out of the last 12 yeah, years has been, you know, the top. Because because with running guy. back being such a diluted position, yeah, you can get them later and still get. You just want consistency out of your picks of fantasy, right? I think AD is probably the only running back I would consider at that pick. Um, I just don't trust him to stay healthy all year. I guess on in years. And, if I had to go total shakeup pick, and this yeah. isn't for first pick, but just yeah. for let's say top uh, three, top five yeah. shakeup pick. I would probably, I would strongly consider LaShawn McCoy just because yeah. that offense is so favorable yeah, for him. 1,300 yards rushing, 500-something receiving, yeah. two touchdowns receiving. I think they're, you know, so like, I think that offense is going to do well again this year, but um, I think the NFL is going to adjust, and they're not going to. That's true. Might, you always count the second year adjustment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think they're yeah. going to have a whole year of tape to look at those guys. And, yeah. And they're going to they're going to figure it out to some extent. So. But the I mean, if it's anything like last year, even if it's not the same, if it's anything like last year, he yeah. was running with such open spaces all yeah, the sure. time, and oh my God, it's. Yeah, it's Chip Kelly is very good at creating he, opportunities for guys like that. He so. designs, he schemes really, really well. Michael well, hey, James at Oregon. Uh, just, yeah, LaMichael James in Oregon, and then even after LaMichael James left, they just kept putting track stars at yeah, running back and sure. just letting them run wild, yeah. and that's what they did. Um, yeah, no, I think LaShawn McCoy's up there. Uh, uh, Jamal Charles, like we said. AD, you can't can't really ever go wrong with. Yeah, the true. touches are going to be there. 
he's going to have his monster games, but really this year, and I know he had a down year as far as we both were considering. I mean, year, if you look if he at stays notes, healthy, he's 14, 1,500 yards. I mean, yeah, that's hard to turn down. But He made most of his hay on long runs this year. And, if yeah, he, and long point, runs are an anomaly for running backs for me. I, I worry yeah. about that. Yeah, sure. when, and I actually worry about that with a lot of players. Receivers, too. Yeah. If, if most of your numbers from the yeah. year prior are just long runs and that's where you're getting it, yeah. then those are outliers to me. And Yeah, the guy who gets like three catches 80 yards, I'm like, ah, I'm, oh, not, yeah. I'm not playing him week to week. It's like, oh, you had 1,200 yards receiving, but you had four touchdown four, runs. Four weeks uh, where you didn't show up. Or, yeah, four, four touchdown catches of 80 yards or more. Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> take two of those away, and suddenly you're a normal receiver. You're yeah, not right. a 1,200, 1,300 receiver. Sure. So. Yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's it's a tricky it's a tricky pick. I think we keep talking about the draft and about how like deep it is and stuff. Um, it's 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 so deep at receiver, yeah, particularly. And I think another position is deep at is corner. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's going to help a lot of teams. Just kind of like if you don't need those two positions, be more open to trades because of the new the new slate of contracts that we have. Last year, there were more trades in the first round than ever. You think so? Yeah. There were. There were last year. There were. Oh, last year there were. There were tons. But, but this time we have a like two teams with two first round picks. Yeah. They're yeah. going to be trading back or trading up. That's like true. They're, they're that the stuff, movers right? and shakers, yeah. right? And um, the Rams be, and the Browns, it's movers be and shakers. Uh, amazing, right? How that, how that <laughs> happens. But this is what they've been trying to get to, right? Is where they're at this position, you know, where they can just. They can add talent, yeah. you know, left and right. And I think if the Browns really, really want to right the ship, if you go Watkins at four, like we said, and go quarterback with your other pick, just whatever quarterback you like, you know, yeah. just go. That's something that the Browns fans can be like, hey, they're actually trying. This is fantastic. I, I absolutely you know, I like, think the Browns should keep I think the, the Browns, picks they have. The Browns are in a better position than the Rams as far as I'm concerned, as far as getting better. Well, yeah, but I think they're starting starting lower. Okay, like that's the, true. The, they can more, make more of an improvement, but it's yeah. like but that's they have most more improvement they, to make. They're yeah, terrible. Right? Yeah, so. no, that's that's a good point. But no, that's I think you're point. right there. I agree, I agree. Oh. Um, so other than let's like other than the players that we love in this draft, are there are there other guys that you are that have talked have you, have you well, researched so and stuff? There is. Um, so something we haven't talked about is the tight end position. Hey, that's a good. So it's a great topic. A couple of years ago, it looked like the whole NFL was going to transition to this two tight, like dynamic this, tight end this thing. This Patriot style tight end. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and there's still kind of the dominant single tight end thing going on. This year, I feel like it's like Ebron and then like everybody else. Like there's not so the there's, big drop off after there's him. There's Ebron and then there's. Uh, Ebron, uh, sorry. No, no. Is that right? I don't know. Ebron. Yeah, Ebron. I think you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah, Ebron and then there's uh, Amaro. I think those those two. Ebron's ahead of Amaro. I think yeah. Ebron's like in a different class, kind of. He's in that athletic sphere of like a, uh, of like a Kellen Winslow and a, and a Vernon Davis type of. Ebron like, is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Amaro is just like, he's more of your prototype. I think like he's a big dude. Yeah. That can move, so he might be more in your, uh, like. Well, he's more like the kind of old school guy, like a big, like he block. He has good hands, but he's like a blocking guy who comes out in the flat once in a while. Or am I thinking right. there's another guy? So no, uh, you know, I think you're right. I think Amaro yeah, okay, okay. more like your. Uh, if you had a, if you had a parallel to someone, maybe he's more like an like an algae crumpler type. He's not like sure, yeah, super yeah. fast, but solid hands, reliable, 
and a guy you can just kind of like factor getting the ball to here and there. So he's not fantasy relevant is what but you're saying. But Ebron is fantasy relevant, yeah, for I sure. Think you're right. yeah. I think if but people are saying he's like the next coming of Jimmy Graham. I don't, I don't think he's no, quite there. No, I think he's that's not. just, I think it's people trying to get more hype around a guy than is necessary, right? Because yeah. as good as Vernon Davis has been in the latter parts of his career, his first two years, he was borderline a bust. For, yeah. a, for a top, uh, I think he was top six pick. He's a borderline a bust. Um, to where, as a Niners fan, I was like, what the hell? Why yeah, isn't why? he do? Where, where is he? Why is he doing anything? Why isn't this game-breaking, awesome tight end that we yeah. expected? And, you know, it wasn't until Singletary threw him off the field that he turned it around. Yeah. And, yeah, and, yeah. and so when you think about with a guy like Ebron, does he have to plug into the right system? Because yeah. like, what was the holdup for Vernon? Because all the athleticism was there, but it couldn't translate for some reason. So was it an attitude thing with, with Vernon? I think it was part, maybe equal parts attitude, equal parts uh, function. Uh, the, the rest of the offense wasn't that good. And the defense knew to, like, single him out and be like, well, the Niners have Frank Gore and they have Vernon Davis. We yeah, double yeah. we double Vernon and we rush everyone else at Frank. Yeah. And that's how we shut him down. Depending on where Ebron lands, let's say he lands with uh, – the mock drafts have him going to like teams like the Giants, and they have him going to teams like the Ravens. So let's say, let's say the Giants. First of all, okay. I think Giants is a good fit. That's a good fit. You got yeah. Victor Cruz on the outside. Eli likes throwing to tight but ends. That's a scary fit if you go to the Ravens. Ravens that's, is a, that's scary. That's where you're talking about that dual tight end fit because they Steve already invested Smith. in Dennis Pitta, a uh, David Pitta. Yeah, yeah. No, he's he's a good. And he's a he's a good tight end. Yeah, really he's good. He's a starting tight end. caliber tight end. You put that other. I mean, you got three receivers already. Ebron on the other side, and then you have Steve Smith. Um, I mean, you, that's like a. That's you have Steve, to talk, Steve Smith, Tory, Tory, Tory Smith, and uh, Marlon Brown all together. Yeah. That guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you got a lot of, you got a lot of power there. Yeah, absolutely. So I think hmm. who who should be in the market for a guy like Ebron? Yeah. I think I think Green Bay should be chasing. Green Bay should be movers. And try and trade up and get him. Because you yep. plug him after losing James Jones, yeah. you plug Ebron in. And yeah, probably even more of a touchdown. And, and you've magnet, got, right? you still got Nelson, who, like I've said before, the Rodgers to Jordy Nelson back shoulder throw is in, impenetrable. It's just yeah, crazy. Yeah. Then you got Randall Cobb, who's just speed, matchup nightmare. They figure out ways to get him the ball. That's fine. Yeah, you plug in anyone in this slot. Who cares? Who cares with that team? And you add Ebron, and Rogers will. Rogers throws. He takes no, he'll, chances. He'll throw him open. He will throw him open. And yeah. if he's not open, he'll still throw it into tight space. He'll give him a chance. Is yeah, what I'm saying. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And you got a freak athlete guy like a tight end. I think Green Bay could more really quickly be like back in the driver's seat of that division. Um, I hope they do because you know I'm taking. You want Rodgers, right? First in my fantasy draft, yeah. so and it helps out Lacey too. Yeah, you can't throw sure. eight men in the box if you got to worry about Ebron going over top. Cannot throw them in the box. I guess I mean we could we could do this any other way. Let's go with one thing each that our teams should do. Oh yeah, yeah, yep. Well, that's another thing. Maybe oh. we use these podcasts to pick you a new team. All right. <laughs> we should. Okay, so here's the thing. Like, I was a, Re- a Redskins fan. I even I don't even like saying that word anymore. I know. But You're a Washington fan. I'm a fan of the NFL team from Washington. And I have been, or I was, for a long time, like 15 years. I moved out to D.C. at kind of just the wrong time, like right at the very end of the Jack Cook Kent uh, kind of, of era. Day. 
the beginning of the Danny, and it's been torture. Okay. And so I finally got fed up with it. Yeah. I disavowed the team. Okay. So after this year, I'm not so, a I'm not a Redskins fan anymore. Okay. I am thinking of throwing my lot in behind the Packers this year. Packers? Yeah. I like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. They have a lot of pieces in place. I think they're they're set to rebound, and so that's kind of the team I was thinking of. Like, be fun to kind of back those guys. Yeah. Team. When you got it. I mean, if you if I was going to choose a team all over again, I would pretty much start with the quarterback because it's like if you don't have yeah. a quarterback, what are you really what are you really investing in? What are you really hoping for? You make a good what argument to stay with the Niners in that case. I mean, yeah, I think Kaepernick is an exciting player and he's really dynamic. But if, if something if something tragic were to happen and I had to choose a new team, yeah, uh, I would probably go Colts just because. Yeah. Uh, you know, if I'm not going to go with Kaepernick, I'm going to go with Andrew Luck. Yeah. That's kind of how I'm rolling. He's a future. And then. I dig the coaching staff. They are, they're, they're built the right way. Yep. <laughs> Through, they've got, they play solid defense. They got a good running game. What have you? So I mean, I feel like normally I would be talking about what should the Niners do right now that would yeah. make them better. But I mean, maybe, uh, maybe it's easier to just not pick the Niners and not talk about them right now because of course I'm gonna talk about them all the time. So I'll pick another team. Let's talk about. Let's talk about what what can the Colts do to get over the hump and get get to where they need to get, right? They're so here's the question: the Colts, what do they do at running back now? It's, I mean, Trent Richardson, Trent Richardson didn't really work out last year. So I think they lost e Donald Brown. Either either that coaching staff sees something in Trent Richardson, yeah, or they have some other scheme in mind because they either tried to keep Donald Brown or they didn't try that hard. The Donald Brown just left on like the fourth day of free agency, which means he had to have some negotiations with I the team. I feel like he got money that he didn't necessarily, necessarily earn. deserve, earn, what have you, which is okay. That happens too. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But that team traded for Trent Richardson. That yeah. front office traded for Trent Richardson. That head coach said it's okay to trade for Trent Richardson. Last year that seemed like a mistake. Last year that did seem like a mistake. Maybe this year they're counting on taking some guy maybe, in the draft and just plugging him in. Maybe they're saying, we figured out what doesn't work for him, and now we know. Maybe we're going to get a guy in the draft that can be a change of pace, yeah. and he'll still carry the load. Because there were, although there were infrequent, there were flashes there. Where it was like, you get like seven yards to carry, or you get a catch and you turn it for a couple yards. And it's like, like, there were like very brief flashes where I was like, Oh, what you're seeing is what you're traded for. But what you're seeing every drive, every game, is not what you traded for. So I, I feel like I, he looked to me like Franco Harris with the Seahawks. Franco Harris with the Seahawks. Or, like at uh, the end of his career, like, kind of running to the line and falling down. But it's the second year of his career. I know. So I don't, it's, it's so weird. I mean, he was like featured guy and all the commercials and stuff. I know, I know. I don't know. You're my favorite player. I know. Yeah. All that stuff, you know? I don't know. I don't know why it went wrong. Yeah. And I don't know what needs to be fixed with him. If it's if it's like a mentality with him of like how to run and how to read holes and how to do that, then it's a huge problem. If it's a scheme of the offense and they're not running the type of runs that speak to his skill set and blah, yeah. blah, blah, then there's a workaround. But if it's like a I guess the best the best example of it is like a, a Reggie Bush situation yeah. where it's like, oh, he doesn't run correctly. He doesn't try to get three yards when he gets three yards. Yeah. He tries to get 60 every time. Yeah, yeah. Like that. 
then that's a statement fundamental flaw that I don't think can be fixed. I think that's a huge, huge problem. But with Richardson, I feel like he just needs to he just needs to put his head down and get some yards. Like really. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel like he tap dances too much. I just feel like he runs passively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know? No, I feel like he could be a between the tackles kind of guy and get you three or four yards every time consistently if he just kind of worked at it. I mean, I don't know what his I don't know what his barrier he, is. Because he had like almost a thousand yards his rookie year. Yeah. And he had a lot of catches as well. So you feel like he's got that every down back kind of ability, but it was surely missing last year. And he had every but opportunity last year. What too. I saw last year was that that's almost his ceiling. Yeah. Like he might be like a 1,200-yard guy. He's not going to be a 1,500, 1,600-yard guy. But 12 is okay. 12 is okay. Yeah. Yeah, sure. It's not AD. Yeah. It's not, you know. Uh, it's not McCoy. It's not Jamal, Jamal Charles. Yeah. You know, running, but, I mean, he can be serviceable. He's not going to be a superstar kind of running back. And yeah. maybe that's good enough for the Colts because they're, you know, the belt around Andrew Luck. It's not really. I think the last two years they've had a very controlled offense. Yeah. And maybe this year they're just going to go to more of like a a pass-first balance offense. Yeah. Because Reggie Wayne's coming off injury. Yeah. But he will be back by some part of the year. You know, like maybe miss the first month, then come back. You got T.Y. Hilton, who is very capable. Yeah. You added Hakeem Nix in a prove it or lose it deal. Yeah, yeah, that's a big move for them. So yeah. I'm thinking maybe they go pass first and then go into like a, well, you're our change of pace, kind of like keep things balanced kind of guy. Yeah. And maybe that works better for him. Yeah, and if Richardson can pa catch passes out of, the, out of the backfield. Which I think he can. Yeah. Yeah. Then that, that might work for him. If yeah. But if I had to fix the Colts right now, it would be on defense. Okay. Um, I think they need... Obviously, Mathis is there, and he's great, and he helps their D-line a lot. Their front, their linebacking core has been solid. I feel like if they could get a guy like, uh, uh, forgetting the kid's name from Auburn, Mosley, Mosley from Auburn, mm -hmm. that would be a good pick, but he's probably going to go mid-teens. Mid yep. Maybe they don't get a chance at that guy. If they get a late chance at, like, a safety, I think a safety would help them a lot. Because yeah. when, yeah, yeah. when their defense was at its best, it was Sanders, Mathis right? and Freeman running wild up for upfield, right. yeah, yeah, and and Sanders playing f center field, just right, forcing from the back, and just yeah, in yeah. letting people have it when they're near him, and then just yep. getting that pick when they needed it. Yeah, when that guy was healthy. That was a totally oh, different. Oh, team. when he was healthy, holy crap, he was amazing. Yeah. He was in that Palomalu realm right. when he was healthy. Uh, so I think they could try and plug that guy in if they can. Uh, there's two, three safeties worth getting. If they can get one of them, maybe the, he's that guy. So that sure. would probably be my pick if I was a Colts. They do lose Vontae Davis. Or did they lose him? No, they re-signed him. So they have a corner. So maybe they don't have a corner immediately. But yeah. they do need to re-bolster their, 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 their backfield in general. And, you know, math is getting up in years. So maybe you start grooming a successor to that guy. not going to have 19-something sacks in no, the year. Yeah. It was <laughs> awesome last year. And probably half of those are forced fumbles, too. Yeah, he was, I know. A, he was a beast a, last year. Yeah, total beast. I think we're going to wrap up. So... The slant and go twitter.com slash the slant and go.
Welcome to the Slant and Go, episode one, at the world famous Paul and Eddie's in Cupertino, California. For the next hour, you will hear some of the best commentary on football this week. Welcome to the Slant and Go, a podcast about the NFL. We're coming to you not at all live. This is recorded, but whatever. We're in Cupertino, California, Paul and Eddie's. Welcome to Slant and Go, a podcast where three drunk guys just talk, <laughs> and every once in a while, football comes up. It's great. This is the Slant and Go, episode one. Andrew Hedges, Norris Andrew, and the mayor of Cupertino, Paul Nixon, at his home base, the world-famous Paul and Eddie's, where Jaeger bombs are plenty, and the talent ain't bad either. <laughs> That's getting edited out. Damn it. <laughs> 